We want to begin with the Word of God, so if you have a Bible, uh, let's go to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. If you're new to church, um, you don't have a Bible, you can download one on your mobile device. Just go to your app store and uh, put in version, version, and you can look one up. I like to read out of the New Living Translation, so if you're um, following along on a mobile device. Uh, but Ephesians, this is a, a letter that the Apostle Paul, we talked about him uh, last week, and he is a guy that uh, started churches all over the world. And one of the churches he started was in this place called Ephesus. And so he talked about unity in the body, about getting along, about relationships. And so as you hear this passage of Scripture, this is not a passage of Scripture directly to marriages. That's chapter 6. If you go ahead a couple of chapters, you'll see that. So this really will play out. If you're single, you're, you're going to pick up some good stuff here today. If you're single, hoping to be married one day, you're way ahead of the game of those of us who've uh, tripped and stumbled and made all kinds of mistakes. So we're going to get you a little bit ahead of the game. But the, the principles that we're teaching today are going to uh, will work in any relationship. So let's look at the scripture here. Chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. And Paul says this, Therefore I, a prisoner, he's in prison at this time, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. He says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. This is so great. I love this scripture here. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father, and he is over all and in all and living through all. Let's pray. God, thank you for this moment we come to, to be able to study your scripture. And we pray that in this moment, as we look at it, that you would speak to each of us. Uh, Church, let's just pray for one another. You can do that out loud or just to yourself. It doesn't matter, but let's pray for one another right now that we would be able to hear from God. You you don't know who you're standing next to. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know if they've gone through a horrific, broken relationship. You're not maybe even certain what's happened in their life, but let's pray for one another. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can pray as well. You You can pray right now that God would speak to you, and he will. And we'd ask, too, that you just pray for Laura and I as uh, we come to bring the word of God today to you. And if you're ready to hear from God, in the name of Jesus, give me a big amen. You may be seated. Well, today we're going to be talking about marriage, and I think if there's uh, one thing that every married couple desires to do, and that is go on a trip. And I mean like get on a plane and get away somewhere. Well, and let's be clear, this is without kids, right? Woo! Yeah, yeah, no kids. <laughs> no kids. I mean, like, you got the beach in your mind, right? Get the beach in your mind, like, this is where I want to go. And, and, you're, and when you want to go as a couple, you don't, you don't care if grandma and grandpa don't live in town or you can't find child care. You will drop them off with TSA. They just stay there. I mean, well, they... <laughs> they have background checks, right? Yeah, I mean, so they're, they're good. safe. <laughs> they're they good. stay there. But when you, when you go on a trip, it's really critical that you pack correctly. Because if you don't pack correctly, you can get hung up in security. I don't know if you, anybody ever gotten hung up in security where they pull you aside. That's just miserable, is it not? Like you know where you want to go, mm-hmm. but you can't get there because you didn't pack right. And it's so frustrating trying to figure out what it is that you're supposed to pack. And so today what we want to do is... 
want to talk about that thing. In, in every marriage, we have a desired destination of, of where we want to go. We, we have a, a beach in yes. mind of yeah. what we want in our relationship. Well, and for some people, that beach can be, um, gosh, I just, I want to feel like friends again. I don't even feel like my spouse is my friend. Um, for some of us, it might be, I just want to laugh. It's been so long since there's been laughter in our relationship. Um, and for others, it might be as simple as we don't even smile at each other anymore. I mean, that could be so basic, but so true in a relationship. Yeah, we all have this, this beach that we want to get to, and sometimes we get delayed. Maybe it's that you remember that, man, we were, like, we were friends, we used to be friends, and, and the beach and the destination that you desire to get to is just this idea of friendship, or, or maybe it's affection. It's as yeah. simple as that. Like, there's just not a lot of affection, and you just have this idea that maybe one day, again, we would actually hold hands, or maybe one day, again, we'd be intimate with one another, or maybe one day, again, that that would happen. Well, and today, what we want to do is really unpack some things that are keeping us from that, that we we want to see this desired destination, this beach. And so what we want to do is work through today is unpacking the wrong things. Because what, what we've seen is the bags that we pack are going to either, we're going to get to our desired destination or we're going to be delayed. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I would like for you to write down if you're taking notes, because this is what we're going to camp on for a few minutes today, is this, that the bags I'm packing can delay my desired destination. The, the bags that I'm packing, that I'm carrying in me, can delay my desired destination. If you've got the wrong thing in your bag and you're carrying the wrong thing around in your relationship, it is going to delay the, the destination that you mm -hmm. desire. So let's look at that. We want to talk about that for a few minutes. So um, we brought a, a bag here today, and so we want to unpack some things today that we carry around in us, and the, the first one that we carry around in our bags is pride. Pride is, is this idea that I'm going to assert my will to get my way. Now, what does that have to do with Christmas? <laughs> this is Laura and I and our story. Just a few short months after we got married, we found ourselves trying to assert our will to get our way when we went out to pick out our very first Christmas decorations. On the aisle in Target, 71st Memorial. Do you guys remember when 71st Memorial used to be the Target? Um, we were newly married, walked in there. Um, for some reason, he went one way, I went the other. And we came back with these, like, boxes in our arms and, like, met in the middle of the aisle. And I look over at him and I'm like, I've never seen that before. Um... Everything matched, and it was color-coordinated, and it's a Christmas tree. So um, you can imagine what mine looked like. Mine was multicolor lights, multicolor bulbs, different garland. I had this silver tinsel that we would just, like, pour all over our tree. I had never seen tinsel. I had never even witnessed tinsel because growing up, I don't know if, if, how it is in your home or you growing up, but you grow up with certain traditions. And on our tree growing up, 
everything had to match. I didn't have anything to do with it. It's just that's how we did it. Mm-hmm. Is everything was same colored lights, same color bulbs, and we come around the corner, and she's got multicolored everything. And I'm thinking to myself in this moment, like, hang on a second here, because this is not how Christmas is going to roll. Well, and I'm thinking Christmas is not about matching. It's about family and everybody, this menagerie, and it's supposed to look like that. So I'm looking and I'm going, that's not Christmas. So what happened in that moment is we both began to assert our will Mm -hmm. so that we would get our way. And so we had a multicolored Christmas. Uh, (laughs) God love him. God love him. (laughs) Lesson number one, man, right there. Lesson there are number miracles. One. There are miracles that happen. You know what's crazy, though, is a few years later, and, and like this year, she is. Now, I fell in love with tinsel. Oh, I fell in love with multicolored lights. Man, I put so much tinsel on the tree, you couldn't even see the tree. Yeah, it was a little crazy when he, it became tinsel time because he took it away from the kids. Tinsel and time? Is it yeah, called, it's called tinsel it time? Like- <laughs> Didn't know it had a name. And, so then... Was it last year or the year before? I don't remember. But she came in this year. This year she comes in, and I'm ready. I'm ready. To, we're going we're gonna to put all this stuff up, and she comes in, and this year she's got everything matching. Like, so she's flipped on me. And now we're going to have the same colored lights. We're going to have gold bulbs and black bulbs and like black garland. Who puts black on a Christmas tree? We did. We did this year. That's it's what we did. It's a woman's prerogative to change her mind, right? Yeah. Pinterest, whatever we see. So this is why Paul says right here in Ephesians 2, 4, he says this, always be humble and gentle. In other words, we got to learn to unpack pride. Yeah. And we've got to pack this thing called humility, and we've got to begin to think of the other person first. Well, because pride in me says, I want to assert my way. This is, and it really, for me, it does come out of Christmas really bad. It it's like, this is the way I want things to be, and this is what it means to me. And so I want to assert that on you. I want my way, and that's what pride says. But humility um, says, I'm going to think about someone else's feelings, and I'm go- I-, I possibly do things someone else's way. Yeah, pride is this idea that I, I am going to assert my will to get my way, but humility is getting my will out of the way. It's interesting when you when you first when you get married on on your wedding day you are never more humble and gentle <laughs> than on your wedding day are you not you're standing up there oh, and you're facing yeah. each other I'm just like it's all about I love you. you I love it's you whatever you want yeah it's all about is it not you're just in that moment you're like everything I do I do it for you I mean you're just like <laughs> I mean you just you're you're that there. was one of the songs he used to play for yeah. me yeah. But you do, because you're thinking, man, I will sacrifice. Yes. I'll do, yes. <laughs> do Me it. and you against the world. I just want to say I haven't seen that look in three decades. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Shame on you. No. <laughs> but come on, let's be honest. If you're not married, if you're not married, this yeah. is good for you. You need to be listening up to this because let's be honest, those of us who have been married, it doesn't take long until you revert back to what? My needs, yeah. my desires, and, and what? I want. Well, and you know, sometimes it's big things. You're like, are we going to buy this? Are we going to? But sometimes it's like, honestly, in the daily week, it's like little things. Like, what are we going to eat? No, I don't want that. Or what restaurant? Or 
movie, oh goodness, what we're going to watch, that gets really... Yeah, or like, I mean, sometimes it's a TV show, like on a Sunday night. I mean, I just want to sit down for an for just a little while, and I want to watch some Downton Abbey, okay? I want to know. You know, Mary lost her husband. Who is she going to pick? Give me a moment. Some of you are new. You're not. You're <laughs> Don't be lying in here. <laughs> or it's me. It's just simple. It's little things. It's mute. Laura and I are bad oh, about this. I we, pick, well, just that we have a very different uh, styles of worship or of music. I mean, we love music, like all types, right? But we have these ones that we love. So I walk around the house and I've got whatever the latest Disney princess music, like Moana. You know, and I'm praying. I'm playing. You're welcome. You know, like four or five times Ten. in in over and over again. <laughs> How often can I hear the Rock sing that song? And then I, but I will come in. I didn't even know I was doing this, but I will come in and I'll be playing my Pandora Bruce Springsteen station, and so I'm blaring some Glory Days. I'm I'm blaring some Cadillac Ranch. I'm I'm blaring some Nebraska stuff. And I mean, I'm just and and I come in and and one of us is going to try to battle to see who yeah. can assert their will Mm -hmm. to get their way. Sometimes it's bigger than that. Sometimes it has to do with how you raise your children or where we're going to live or the job that we're going to take or how late I'm going to work or who's going to have this responsibility in the home, how our home is going to operate. Well, and then there's that temptation to, as we're asserting our will, to either get louder or to get quieter. Which is, you get louder and I get quieter. That's yeah. what we do. We all have this unique way uh-huh. of asserting our will. Because sometimes we think of this idea of asserting our will that, oh, it just means you're loud and you're boisterous and you're just going to do it my way. That's how some of us operate. Okay, don't raise your hand, but no, come on. That's how some of us are. But let's just be honest. Some of us are the opposite of that. I'm not pointing at you, but. Um, yeah, well, okay, I'll tell him myself. I get quiet <laughs> and it drives him crazy and that's why I do it and it's a way I manipulate you know uh, which he's helped me to grow in that area but I mean I do I'm like I'm I'm saying nothing and he's like you gotta talk to me you gotta talk to me but it's a control way it's a way that we control and a way in which we are trying to get our way but remember what does Paul say yeah he says always be humble and gentle did you catch that first word Always. always turn to somebody and turn to somebody right now and if you're married to them say listen i gotta always, always always be humble and gentle okay don't tell them they need to be just say i've i've got to always be humble and gentle well and the thing about it is humility can't take a day off you can't say oh you know what i don't feel humble today if you knew the way my day went you know and all these things and i did this actually friday i Brad, I'd been nice to everybody all day, and I came home, and I jumped Brad because Sky had had her wisdom teeth out, and I didn't think she had her ice on her face, and I just walked right in, and I just assumed because the ice wasn't on her face. I was like, you've not been putting the ice on her face. I was like, I have had a really bad day and been nice to everybody but my husband. So I really quickly, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what we're teaching about. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. here's, Here's what I want you to picture the beach that you desire, what is it that you desire to see in, in your marriage? I mean, again, is it holding hands? Is it laughing again? Is it joy? Is it just being in love? Is it, mm-hmm. is it your, your marriage resurrected? And, and think of it in terms of this, is, is what I'm about to do going to delay my desired destination? 
is are the actions are are the things that I'm 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 putting out there. Getting my I'm gonna might get my way, but is it going to by getting my way delay where I desire to be in my marriage? Because if we want to get to our desired destination, we got to unpack pride, yeah. and we got to pack humility. But there's a second thing that Paul tells us, and that we've got to unpack. And I, I would use this word expectations. We've got to uh, unpack the unrealistic expectations that we put on our spouses. And ladies, let's just be real. Uh, What, 10 days from now, Valentine's Day, what this represents is there's a lot of expectation. A lot of things we see um, everywhere we look, whether it's I expect Back to get flowers, and not just one, but like a lot of flowers. I expect to get chocolates, but for some of you, maybe it's you expect that there's going to be some jewelry, there's going to be some a ring. You're expecting you've you've got these expectations, and what can happen hey, is wait. Let's just be honest, because men have expectations as well. I mean, we only have one expectation, uh, it's but we still <laughs> we still have we still have expectations. But we, we do this. We bring these expectations. And I love it that we're talking now because we do bring these unrealistic expectations. Because, you know, I mean, honestly, we see all this stuff and you kind of hear people talking and it seems all perfect, mm-hmm. but it's unrealistic. Yeah, we have these expectations. Can I just be as real and transparent and raw as I can? And I may not say this in the second service, but we even bring in unrealistic expectations into our intimacy, into the bedroom of this is the way it's going to be. This is what I expect, and this is the way I want it to be. And then when you don't receive back what you want to receive, then suddenly you're just, it, you get crossways with your spouse. Or, or other areas, you have these expectations yeah. that they are going to be perfect. They, they're going to do what I want, they're going to do what I expect, and they're, and they're never going to let me down. Well, and that really plays out a lot of times when you see, like, we'll have a friend and we'll be, let's say we're waiting at, uh, for them for lunch and they're late. Okay. Well, when they come in, you, they say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I da, da, da. And you go, Oh, it's fine. It's no big deal. I, you know, I was, I was just returning some text. You do that with your spouse and you're 10 or 15 minutes late. Oh, whoa. It's like, did you not know that we were going to meet here? Did, could you not have texted me? What, what was the m- malfunction here? Yeah. And you just jump on them. You're just like, it's crazy how we do that. It's because we put unrealistic expectations on our spouse. We expect them to be perfect. Yep. Oh, but yeah. Here's the thing to remember. Your spouse is not perfect, okay? Turn to your spouse right now if you're sitting with them, and, or just turn to somebody sitting next to you and just tell them, say, hey, you're not perfect. You're not perfect. Now, here's, here's, the, other, here's the other thing. Guess what? You're not perfect either. I'm not perfect. So turn back now and say, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. There's only one who is ever perfect. We just sang about him, and his name is... Jesus. Yeah, his name is Jesus. And so this is why Paul tells us in the second half of verse 2, go back to verse 2 here, and he says this, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. 
In other words, we've got to unpack unrealistic expectations. Yeah. And we've got to pack patience into that relationship and, and recognize that they have imperfections. Absolutely. It's only going to happen if we take that time to be patient with our spouse. We're naturally patient with other people, but our spouse deserves that from us, that patience. You know, what's interesting is uh, I do premarital counseling for couples get married, and this happens not every single time, but almost every single time. Um, I will often ask these couples, I will just put them on the spot and just freaks them out, and I can see the deer in the headlight look when I say to this, hey, so tell me one thing you don't like about him. Tell, tell me something that, you know, that, that maybe irritates you about him. And then I'll reverse it. Tell me something that, tell, tell me something that irritates you about, about her. Now, the guy in that moment is best to keep his mouth shut and not say anything. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking. Seriously. Uh, but most of the time, in fact, I don't think there's been a single time when I, I've asked that question that I don't hear like, uh, them go, well, I can't think of anything. Gosh, he's just so perfect. I just... I just love everything about him. I mean, he's just, I can't think of anything. Yeah, so let him get married, okay? Let that roll out for, for a few months, and suddenly you begin to discover that. That you're, there are some things about your spouse that really affect you and really irritate you. you know, what's interesting is often, you ever see this to be true, often the very thing that attracted you when you were dating repulses you when you get married. <laughs> That's you a just, strong word. Well, Brad. you just loved it when you got married, before you got married, and when you were dating. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. And then you got married, and it, it's the very source of irritation in, in your marriage. Well, when, when we met, we were in high school, okay? And Brad had just turned 17, but he was a man on a mission. He had a life plan. He knew where he wanted to work. He knew what he wanted, wanted to do. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. Like, I was instantly. Uh, just, I, I connected to that. I was like, he knows what he's going to do. He's a man on a mission. So that so attracted me to you. But what I didn't know is once we got married, he was still going to be that man on a mission and never slow down and your brain always working. I literally at times have thought, maybe if I put my foot out and, like, I trip him, I'll slow him down, you know? I, it's just like, wear me out. Well, it's, and it, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I love you, honey. But it's, it, it is true. I mean, I'm a take the hill guy, and I, and I, will, I will drag you up that hill. And you have. If, if, I, if I need to. I mean, that's just what, I, what I'll do. But Laura has been very, very patient with me over the years. Now, when Laura and I, before we got married, so what attracted me to Laura was she was perfect. And when we got married, she's just been perfect for three decades. So I'm just going to, she's just been awesome. No, no issues. No, no, no problems whatsoever. I love you. No, the thing that attracted me to, to Laura was her um, free spirit. She just, all she wanted to do was have 
fun. She didn't, I don't, she, it's like, I don't have to have a plan. We're just going to go, and we're just going to make fun. I was like, man, that is awesome. And then we got married. And, and I was like, hey, stick to the plan. <laughs> and then she'd be like, I'm gonna I, don't, I don't like your plan. Your plan is boring. Your and plan I don't, doesn't have fun in it. Yeah. And so she would sabotage my plan, blow up my plan, or come up with some alternative plan of some sort, and it, and it would just ir- irritate me. And in those moments, the biggest mistake we make in our marriages is, is I go to work on my spouse. Yeah. I am going to work on them, and I am going to fix them. But you've been really patient, just like I've tried to be patient over the years to not um, come down on those things that are important to us, but try to kind of help and encourage each other. And I, I really appreciate that about you. Well, one of the things I think we've got to do that if you want your marriage to be successful, if you want to end up at that destination that you desire, is work on your imperfections. Yeah. Work on, turn, turn to somebody next yeah. to you and say, hey, work on your imperfections and I'll work on my imperfections, okay? Come yeah. on, turn and tell somebody right now, you work on yours, yeah. I'll work on mine. You work on yours. And I'll, this, this is the words of Jesus. Here's what Jesus told us to do. I love what he said, the analogy he gave. He said, hey, why are you trying to te- take that speck out of your friend's eye when you got this big old plank in your own eye? Yeah. Yeah. He said, first, take the plank out of your eye, and then you can see clearly to help your brother or your sister in need. And so what we've got to do is go to work on, on ourselves. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to just begin to recognize, wait a second, what I'm doing, yeah. for me, I'll just speak on my, when, when I know that I'm all charged up and i got a plan and we're headed up this hill and we're going to do this, and I look and I see it's, it's, it's wearing her out, I've got to slow down. I've got to recognize this is something that's bothering her. And because, going back to humility, I humble myself, then I can learn to work on my imperfections for her. Well, and coming back to that desired um, place, that desired destination, I've got to pack patience, and then I've got to unpack those unrealistic expectations, those preconceived ideas. I've got to get out of the way because the bags that I'm packing, right, I'm a part of this, can delay that destination. And I think that's one of the neatest things I've really learned through working with you on this is that I'm a part of when things don't work. And that's important for me to own that and see, oh, so if I am a part of when it delays, I can be a part of actually packing the right things. I can pack that patience, and then we can have the right things in our marriage. So here's the third thing. The third thing that, that all of us are, are packing at times is hostility. And I think one of the things that we get hostile about are these things that come in the mail. They're called bills. Ouch. Uh, the number one issue I think so many times in a marriage that trips us up all the time and brings I think the greatest hostility into a marriage is finances, is money. We get backwards, we get upside down with each other on our finances and hostility erupts within us and suddenly um, my spouse becomes the enemy. I go to war Mm -hmm. with my spouse and and Paul is telling us here that your, your spouse 
is is not the enemy. Laura and I, we just had this just uh, yesterday. I sat down and I was paying all the bills and I got them all paid and I felt really, really good. And I was like, yes, I'm done. And I was telling her about, hey, I, I paid this one bill so we could do this. And she said, oh, I forgot one. And she said, you gotta get this too. And so she hands me another one and $85 tripped us up right in front of my mother-in-law. I mean, I had, I, I just had, my mother-in-law was sitting there at the table to the point, I guess the vibe I was putting off, she's like, hey, I guess I better go. Um, and I was like, wow. But what I realized in that moment was she's, she's not the enemy. But we go yeah, to war with our do. spouse, whether it's over our finances or mm-hmm. the way we raise our kids or, or, or something in our career. I don't know what it is you're at war with your spouse, but your mm-hmm. spouse is not the enemy. The devil is your enemy. Absolutely. And that's why we need the word. That's why we need to look at what Paul says in Ephesians 4.3. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Peace is the only thing that's going to be able to come in and make things right in those situations. So what we got to do is unpack hostility. Yeah. And we've got to pack peace, and we've got to learn to not fight with one another, but to fight for one another. Yeah, and fight for unity. It's the unity that we're fighting for, and like you said, not against each other. Um, Sometimes we think, oh, we're just, you know what, especially when you're young and you're first married, we're just going to live on love. I mean, I remember feeling that way. We're going to (laughs) live on love. we got enough love. We're going to live on that. Yeah, good luck with that one because you're going to end up on the beaches of Normandy. That's where you're going to end up at. It's not going to end well for you. So look, look what Paul says, though. He says, make every effort. Yeah. Make every effort. In other words, marriage takes effort and work. Yes. And I think sometimes when we come up to that, we as people, we think, well, marriage shouldn't be work. It should be um, a marriage. It should be romantic. Absolutely it should. But anything really good is worth working for. And it does take work for me to have to be a better person so that I can present that to Brad. That's that's work, but it's worth it. What's interesting is it takes effort to love, but it also takes effort to fight. And <laughs> Especially in our house. Why are we wasting all this effort on, on being mad when we could be working? I mean, it just takes, like, yeah. we got upside down a couple of weeks ago, and Laura, we, we really, honestly, are, we just don't fight a lot, and uh, it's just not been a point of contention in our marriage, but we have had moments yeah. and times, and we had one a few weeks ago, and we went like, and this may not seem like long for many of you, but we went 24 hours without talking, like without saying a word. Now, I know some of you, you're like, 24 hours, that'd be awesome, <laughs> okay? Um, but that seems like an eternity for you and I. Yeah. We're like, oh, wonder what he's thinking. What are, he hasn't texted me. He but some of you, it's him. been not 24 hours, it's been two weeks, it's been yeah. two years. It's been a long time. And here's what I remember about that is it, it took work to stay mad at her. Like, I came in the house, and I'm like, make no eye contact. <laughs> He's the enemy. Don't talk to him. You know what? I'm going to sit down, and I am trying to read this book, but I'm so mad I can't even concentrate on this book because she's walking by me right now. Don't look at her. And it's work. What's even funny is because you're trying to keep up this thought for your kids that you're actually being nice to him, you know? So then that even takes work. You're like, yeah, 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 dad's got it figured out. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, my gosh. It's just a lot of, it's a lot of work. So why not work on the positive end? Why not work on loving each other. And so 
it just takes effort. It takes, mm-hmm. it takes work. And Paul says this to us, though. He says, we are united together in the spirit. Right. In the spirit of God. In other words, we cannot do this without him. And the one thing that Laura and I, I have seen over and over again, and we've talked about this before from this stage, but I'm just telling you, is whenever we are operating solely this way, that's where division can come right. in. But when we start operating this way, yeah. it brings unity and into our relationship. And there's times, too, that we, especially in those times, you don't want to pray. You're like, I'm mad. I'm not praying. You start to put your hand over like, hey, let's pray. Oh, no, no, no. But when you do that, it's like so unbelievable because the Holy Spirit just comes in and makes things right. That that peace just comes in and takes all that yuck out of what's been said, what's been thought. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, what are we having for dinner? I mean, it's like, it's like lifted. And it's not always that light, but sometimes it is. Yeah, I think one thing I, I would just want to say uh, that I think will help you, just this, this final thought. Um, for some of you today, I just really sense what you need to do is pray with your spouse. Like, that's your first step. And, and maybe not long. Like, Laura and I, we, we've never sat down and have a, a, a daily Bible study together in prayer. And I know couples that do that, and it's fantastic for them. And, and we've just kind of, that's been a struggle, and we just not operated that way. But the one thing I do know is every time that we've gotten crossways with each other, every time that we've not been at our desired destination, whenever we've stopped and grabbed onto each other's hands, yeah. Yeah. which is very, very hard to do at times, but when you grab a hold of their hand, you say, all right, we're going to say a quick prayer. Even if you say that prayer like, God, I just pray that you just fix it and just it, whatever it does It does a work in you. Yeah. It really does. It does something very unique because it's the Holy Spirit doing that work in us. So I just want to do that right now. Would you just bow your heads? If you're sitting by your spouse, I want you to grab a hold of their hand. I just want you to grab a hold of their hand. Maybe you do that all the time or maybe... This is the first time in a long time. And affection may not be your love language, but in this moment, just what is the desired destination that you want to see happen in your your relationship? Where do you want to end up at? What do you need God to do right now? Would you just ask him, God, would you just help me? Help me to, to love my spouse. If you're single, maybe today you're here and maybe you've gone through a very, very difficult relationship and it's broken apart and you're wounded and you're hurt. Man, I would encourage you to extend your hand to God and to grab a hold of his hand. He is the healer and he desires to heal you and to close that wound so you could love again. Or if you're not married and you're, you're, maybe you're thinking about one day, I want to be married. And that's a picture of where you want to be in your life. Just say, God, teach me now to be humble. Teach me now to be patient. Teach me now to be a person of peace. 
you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you today to make that commitment to follow him today. Your marriage is not going to be where you want it to be, or your future marriage is not going to be where you want it to be if you're not in unity with God. You have to be in unity with God, and you can begin that that walk today by simply saying this, God, I recognize I'm a sinner. I'm far from you. I need your grace, and I need your mercy, and I need your peace. Would you rain that down on me? Would you forgive me, God? Would you teach me, and would you help me to become the man you desired me to be? Would you help me to become the woman that you created me to be? And God, may I live and follow you for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.